Boston Seekers, Ben and Tendy, Ben Revere, Garrett Richards, Whisks the Beer. I kick my league ten times a day. What else do I have to say? Welcome to the show. This is the Wednesday show. Usually we grade your trade on Wednesday, but boy, we got a lot of stuff to get to. So put a pin in that. We'll grade them on Thursday and sports trades. Well, sometimes they involve Eduardo Nunez. Sometimes they are scary. One person can be replaced by another. Exchange for money or given away for a hypothetical future person. And once they leave your team, you can't like them anymore. Even if they have, even if you have their jersey and you can't wear that anymore, except at B-dubs, they won't judge, but others might. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. All right. If I were going to use three words to describe today's show, I would say trades. Pitchers, sports. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Trades, pitchers, and eh, trades, Sound pitchers. Like, sounded like you were just continuing that Buffalo Wild Wings ad. I, well, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the point. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, we had Eduardo Nunez going to Boston. How does that affect Rafael Devers? Remember when Anthony Swarzak was a closer? That was fun. <laughs> that was a, a fun that was, day. That was a good <laughs> one day. <laughs> and uh, we have... A reason to hang on to Jonathan Lucroy and maybe a reason to sell Sonny Gray. I'll ask you about that. What moves should we make before the trade deadline? What's going on, guys? How's Wednesday treating you? Pretty good. Pretty good. I, I don't like this uneasy feeling I have about Rafael Devers in response to this Eduardo Nunez trade because at last word, it sounded like... uh Dave Dombrowski was saying they're not sure what they're going to do with Rafael Devers. They're going to have to talk about it. Mm, okay. Just got there. He just got there, Adam. And quite frankly, I don't really like it from an Eduardo Nunez owner's standpoint. Well, it's bad news for one of them, for sure. Yeah. And and Nunez is pretty interesting, guys. Like, he's kind of just an empty batting average. I mean, he's batting three oh eight. I'm hoping... Like, his road... Forget about his home ISO. His home ISO is... 087. Uh, his road ISO is 135, which is still terrible. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. Like Nunez is, is on a hot streak right now, but he's not really that good. Uh, you know, I, I it is. Yeah, go ahead. Amazing how consistent he's been over the last three years, though. Like he's just put up the same exact line three years in a row now. Well, yeah. I dropped VR for Nunez, and I don't regret that. VR sat yesterday. I mean, if if Nunez. And, and look, he's only been like a moderate base stealer this year. He hasn't been the 40 steal guy he was last year. But if he didn't do that or if he wasn't eligible at shortstop, either one of those, then I'd say he probably wouldn't be mixed league relevant. But, but there's a chance he's just a utility guy. Right. Right. That's the problem. And I'm, I'm actually hoping that happens. I like, I, I don't know. I don't have any stock in Nunez for that. So that's easy for me to say, but just from a baseball well, fan. Well, shut fan, up, Scott. Like I have stock in him. That's pretty selfish. Sorry. That's all right. I get yeah, you. I'm, it's not selfish. It's selfless for all the non-Nunez owners who want to see Devers. Fine. So then I'm being selfish. By the way, is he is... Uh, <laughs> after we... This is a good to discuss after we had the Devers team name Tuesday. Is it actually Devers? Because that's what Chip Carey was calling him Oh, no. you got to be kidding me. Devers just sounds better. Yeah. Plus, we have the, the winner of team name Tuesday, what we got after the show yesterday from Jeff. The Devers wears Prado. That's good. Yeah. Oh man. Well, then leave it to Devers would be perfect. All right. So let's let's keep an eye on what happens there. But with the name, uh, also yeah, with the name and also with the third base situation. Nunez has thirty six or has eighteen steals in seventy six games. So 
he is doing that pretty well, but, uh, yeah, he, batting average and steals, I guess. Okay. Uh, that was kind of a lame intro to the show. We're gonna have a lot of fun today. What we're gonna do is look at a big, big group of pitchers. A lot of really relevant pitchers pitched yesterday. And we're gonna separate the men from the boys. Who can you rely on? Who's kind of waiver wire fodder, a two-start streaming option? Gotta, Actually, yeah. I, I really, that all sounds great. Mm-hmm. But I really think we need to just nail down this Alex Bregman thing once and for all. <laughs> well, he hurt himself yesterday, so wouldn't wouldn't a DL stint be lovely? Yes, uh, that would be a win for me. <laughs> well, seriously, like Bregman or Nunez? Bregman, Bregman, if he's healthy. Okay. I mean, we had a he was one of a handful of injuries yesterday, so you know we'll see. It's kind of it kind yeah. of a bad spot to be in recording this at nine thirty in the morning when we don't know, right? A bunch I, of these injuries. I will mention AJ Hinch. Kind of to paraphrase, he said the Astros' depth allowed them to remove Bregman from that game right away. So it doesn't sound serious, but who knows? Alrighty. So yeah, Fulte's been awesome. Jordan Montgomery spun a wonderful game yesterday. Uh, yeah, who? What else? Hey, real quick, quick is coming up later. We got to talk about W Hit Merrifield. And let's get started. That would be an even better name. W Hit Merrifield? <laughs> w Hit Merrifield would be such a good name. So Milwaukee yeah. acquired Anthony Swarzak. Tyler Clippard with another bad outing yesterday. Is there anyone you want to own in the White Sox bullpen? Like if it if Clippard doesn't claim the role, I just have to think it's going to be a mishmash over the final two months. Colorado might be interested in Jonathan Lucroy, according to MLB.com. So there's that if you're a Lucroy owner. <clears throat> the Yankees appear to be making progress on acquiring Sonny Gray and Yonder Alonso. That's realistic. So I guess now. Uh Alonso 77% owned. He has a 709 OPS in his last 43 games. He's actually been much better at home than on the road. It would clearly be a, a home park upgrade, though. But, mm-hmm. you know, Alon- Alonso, let's face it, he's had a, a very underwhelming career. You could argue he's had, like, two and a half good months of his career, and they happened this year, and he's been... You know, pretty lousy since then. So should fantasy owners anticipate an Alonzo trade? With Would you care if he got traded to a hitter's park? Yeah, I'd care. Yeah, it could help offset any naturally occurring uh, regression that he might be looking at. Okay, Yonder Alonzo, 77% owned. And do you think now is the time to trade Sonny Gray, who gave up four runs, they were all unearned, he struck out nine Blue Jays, he has the... Best strikeout rate of his career other than his rookie season. And he's, he's pitching really well. I mean, six really good starts in a row for Sonny Gray. And he's got a 440 road ERA. However, you look at Gray when he was good in 2014 and 15, he was great on the road as well. So I, I think the road ERA is sort of inflated by one terrible start at Cleveland. He's, he's one of the more extreme ground ball pitchers in baseball. And that, and actually, you don't worry so much about how the fences are positioned if that's the case. It, it would be a park downgrade pretty much anywhere he goes, but yeah. I, I think he's, I think the trade-off you're getting going to a better supporting cast outweighs it. And if you talk about the Yankees specifically, this is a guy who has a better career road ERA, 333 to 350. It's very close. The, the OPS split is almost identical, but he also doesn't, he's actually better against lefties he has a very minor reverse split that would be the concern if you're moving into yankee stadium is 
lefty power, especially on the road. And I, I just, I don't, I don't have that much of a concern about it. So what I want to know is what moves we should be making ahead of the trade deadline. But if we could just stay on Sonny Gray for a second, how much are you buying it? Should I just get, I, I, for some reason I don't trust Sonny Gray. Should I just get over it and put my trust in Sonny Gray and say that Sonny Gray is back? That's what I'm doing. I, the swinging strikes have been way up. Actually, the strikeout rate he currently has, I mean, it's more than one per inning this year and he hasn't done that since I think his partial rookie season. Uh, so this is, this is, you could argue this is the best Sonny Gray ever, and this is, that's a guy who's, you know, come close to winning the Cy Young before. Yeah, um, I think there's a lot to like about him. I would not be afraid of getting a trade. Now, there are other players being mentioned in trade rumors who I, I do think it's worth making some action. I think, I think this is a great time to try to buy low on Jonathan LaCroix. You do? To try what? Try to buy low on Jonathan LaCroix. Oh, the rumor low. that Colorado's yeah. looking at him. But it could go the other way because the Cubs are supposedly interested and you'd have to think he'd be a backup there. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it's a hundred percent clear he'd completely push Tony Walters. Uh, is it Tony Walters? Yes. Yes. I think he would picture. have to. Like, I, I his, get that his they, numbers are, I get that they really the like Walters because of his pitch framing, but Jonathan LaCroy has been one of the best pitch framers in baseball over the course of his career. He's actually weirdly been bad this year. Um, Bad at everything this year, except yeah. he makes a lot of contact. But <laughs> it's it's weird that like okay, if his physical if he's physically declining, and you look at like Andrew McCutcheon, who we mentioned yesterday, one of the one of the things that made us believe that he was just declining as a batter was the actual physical decline that you could see in his defense. That wouldn't like pitch framing's not a not an athletic thing to a. Like it is, but it's not uh, primarily in it. So forget that. Like, like, here's the thing, though. You know, a lot of a lot of trade rumors right now. We don't know that Luke Roy is getting traded to the Rockies. Sure. If you want to spy low on Luke Roy, you've got to do it, whether he gets traded to the Rockies or not. Chris, yes. are, are you comfortable with him turning his season around? I feel like the asking price would be so low. That's my. Uh, I mean, thought. he's he's borderline droppable now. Um, even as weak as catcher is. Basically, the only reason he's not getting dropped is because his name's Jonathan Lucroy. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a bad idea. It's just, you know, it, it could go the other way and then you end up dropping him. So you have to keep that in mind with, with whatever you end up giving up for him. So, Addison Reed. In fact, we got an interesting email. Somebody wants to trade Luis Severino and Addison Reed for you, Darvish. I said I think you should do that. What would you guys do? Would you trade Severino and Reed for Darvish? Sure. I don't think Addison Reed's going to be a closer for long. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure how big of an upgrade Darvish is on Severino at this point. I'm. I really think Luis Severino's awesome. He is. But I, I guess if the loss is a non-closing reliever, as we assume, then it's not that big of a and deal. It, and if even if the talent level is similar between. Severino and Darvish, it, it removes that innings concern that you have for Severino. Yeah. That may not end up being a big deal, but at least you don't have to worry about it. Do you think Justin Wilson will be a closer in a week? No. I'd bet against it. Anyone else that is going to significantly gain or significantly lose value very soon? Well... I wish we could have this conversation Friday because this is something I plan to write about Thursday. We will have this conversation Friday. All right. Well, look out for that then. <laughs> um, off the top of my head, uh, I am 
I mean, any starting pitcher who gets traded is more likely than not going to gain value because they're leaving a bad situation to go to a good situation. Yeah. So that would include like Julio Tehran. Um, Garrett Cole, not really. He remains kind of mentioned in trade rumors, but the yeah. Pirates are fine. Like it's not like he's in a terrible situation. Yeah. Uh, any reliever who gets traded is likely to lose value. Is likely to lose value. And so it's more about the guys in that situation who don't get traded. Like if if Justin Wilson gets traded, maybe it becomes Shane Green. Right. In the mm-hmm. back of the, the yeah. Tigers bullpen. Yeah, so that'd be the one. guy to keep an eye on. That's a good one. Kyle Bearclaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's another. Could you see Pat Neshek becoming a closer? No. No, and not which even. Contender not needs a closer. Am I, am I overlooking one? I, maybe the Nationals. I, I, you know, yeah. they might be I, I just feel like, like if the Nationals trade for a closer, it would be like. It's going to be a closer. Yeah. It would, it, it Nishek isn't an improvement. He isn't more more closer caliber than what they already have there. He's in the same category as Madsen or Doolittle. Right. Okay, so we'll have this conversation again on Friday. Now there's some minor leaguers being called up. Dexter Fowler's on the DL with a left forearm strain. Harrison Bader hit 403 with 10 home runs against lefties in AAA this season. He got called up and he started yesterday. But Stephen Piscotty could start a rehab assignment tomorrow. Anyone interested in picking up Harrison Bader? No, not yeah. really. I mean, he's he's one of those prospects who's like all been on the fringes of the top 100 lists over the years, but the stats in the minors were just kind of so-so. They're better this year, but in the PCL, they weren't really like... Yeah, an 871 really OPS. Out at you. What was it, Chris? 871 OPS in the PCL is pretty good, but the league-wide OPS is pretty high. 782, so... so. And, and then the fact he's probably not going to stick around long anyway. I'd, I'd leave him for NL only. See you later, Harrison Bader. How about Lewis Brinson, 28% owned? He is called up by Milwaukee. He went, oh. th- he went three for 31, uh, in his cameo, his 14 game cameo earlier this season, but great at AAA. Lewis Brinson's up. Derek Fisher, we mentioned that he's up, 24% owned. So these guys are less than 30% owned. And Fisher started yesterday. Look, Springer's banged up right now. Fisher started, went one for three with a walk and two RBIs. Who would you rather own, Lewis Brinson or Derek Fisher? I think I would rather own Fisher just because, you know, he he the the what we've seen from him in the majors so far has been pretty successful, and and you mentioned Brinson was a disaster, but I'm glad Brinson's back. I I'd hope I was surprised they didn't call him up when they sent Keon Broxton down, um, but since Broxton is down, there's obviously an opening there. Since returning to the minors. Brinson hit 411 with four homers, four steals in 21 games. Uh, struck out just 12 times in those 21 games. So it it seemed like he was uh, inspired to make it back quickly and uh, learn some things from his short stay there and has a ton of upside himself. So Fisher for now, definitely keep an eye on Brinson. I've, I've got to be idle. I don't consider either one of them a real priority. Well, if if uh, Springer goes on the DL, sure, then, then I think that would change things for Fisher. I I think he's, I think he has the opening there anyway. I'm not he sure has it matters opening, but, but does he have an everyday opening? It's going to depend on performance, like with okay. Evers, I think. All right, or Devers, or Devers. <laughs> <laughs> 
One of those two. Ahmed, Raz- Ahmed Rosario will likely be called up after the trade deadline. And how about Tampa Bay starting pitcher Brent Honeywell? I'm seeing pitcher- people pick him up. Should Brent Honeywell be uh, added to our rosters? Um, He's someone that if he did get called up, I would have much more interest in than either Brinson or Derek Fisher. Um, who is – who – you know, there's Alex Reyes who's obviously out for the year, but is there a – Am I overlooking a pitching prospect? Is is Brent Honeywell the best pitching prospect right now? Might be. He's if not if he's not number one, he's number two. He's really good, and uh, got off to a, a slow start after a early season call up to AAA, but it's been much better lately. Um, but they're in the race. Is yeah, I guess the question is who. Where does he go? Like, what? Whose spot in the rotation does he? Blake take? Snell. Yeah, Blake Snell did just have his best start. Brent Honeywell is Baseball Prospectus's top pitching prospect, not counting Alex Reyes. Okay. All right, so I'm just gonna put that name out there. Brent Honeywell. I've seen him added in like two of my leagues. I think I added him and put him in a minor league spot. So I guess throws a screwball. Ooh. Yes. Well, how about yeah. that? Yeah. So, Interesting. Has the same birthday as me. Uh, that's like 11 huge. years later. That's huge. I like that. Mm-hmm. Who, Chris, who has the same birthday as you? I share a birthday with Jacob deGrom and Dirk Nowitzki. America. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right. Chris for the win. Ever July heard 4th. of it? I've heard of it. <laughs> I have heard of it. So those are some minor leaguers to target if you want to get ahead of the game a little bit. We're going to separate the men from the boys after I talk about what I think is just a terrible way to play fantasy baseball. I need to know if you guys agree with this. So I'm not going to dump all over AL only and NL only leagues. I get it. You have fun. Do your own thing. I am going to dump all over AL only and NL only leagues that don't allow you to keep a player if he gets traded to the other league. It is so dumb. Like one of the guys who works with us, Darst, good friend of mine. He has Jaime Garcia in his NL only league. And he just lost Jaime Garcia in his NL only league. And Jaime Garcia is not that good to begin with. So that's why I don't really like NL only leagues. Cause you know, he's a must own guy and a must start guy. But now he has to replace him. And like the best available pitcher is Rafael Montero or something like that. What? Yeah. It, I, no, this is a terrible way to play fantasy baseball. I know it's going to be controversial. I know you deep league guys out there are going to hate me, at least temporarily, for it. But you should stop doing that. Keep your player if he goes to the other league. Big deal. It's not your fault. Yeah, I I mean, I could go either way on this. In, in terms of how, the quality of the game, like what... What what way results in the best gaming experience? Then I think you're right. I mean, that's that's kind of a random le- reason to lose a player you're invested in, something that you don't have a great deal of control over. But that's supposed to be the point. Isn't that su- the whole point of playing in the NL slash AL only? I'm- that's the other side yeah. of the argument. Like, you have an allegiance to a certain league. You don't want this outsider included in your player yeah, you pool. Don't- Include your interloper. <laughs> what, what, what allegiance to a league? Like, who who cares that much about NL a lot of versus AL? A lot uh, of people do. I maybe less so. You know, that generation may be, uh, you know, dying off. Some people really hate the DH, man. Get over it, John McGraw. Interleague play has been around, what, 
10 years? 20. Oh, yeah, it's been a long time. 20 years, yeah, that's right. I was thinking 1997 was 10 years ago. (laughs) Not true. Feels like it. (laughs) Feels like it. Uh, All right, well, I just wanted to vent. I I mean, I understand the cool aspect of a deep league where, like, you have a scoop or have a hunch on some player that nobody really knows or cares about, and he's really good, and you you were the guy who loved Chris Taylor, which uh, there was no none of you, so. But still, I I get that appeal of of playing in deep leagues. I just don't think you should be penalized when somebody gets traded. I I think that's really silly. Okay, that's that's my vent of the day. So, let's take a look at this big old group of pitchers. And I want you to tell me if he's a man, if you can rely on him for the rest of the season. Or a Muppet. I was going to say man or boy. but Muppet of a man. What's that? I don't, I don't get movie. it. Is that the Muppet the movie? The Muppets? From the Muppet movie. No, the great the song. Not, man... not the Muppet movie, the Muppets. Oh, yeah. Different movies. Okay, so uh, should we do man or Muppet? It won an Oscar, that song. <laughs> really? Yeah. I would be down to do Man or Muppet only because Heath's not here. Okay, good. <laughs> and Heath, Heath would crap all over it if he was here because he has no heart. <laughs> so in this, in this, uh, you know, analogy here, man means, you know, put him, he's, keep him. Start him, yeah. he's good. Muppet, he's a pretender, you can stream him in a two-start week, but you don't yeah, need to own this guy. Made out of felt. Made out of felt. Dan Straley, Man or Muppet. <sighs> he's a man! <laughs> yeah, I think I think he. Yeah, I I struggle with Dan Straley because what what he's so good at, he hasn't been good at lately, which is just limiting hits. He gets he does such a good job of really generating a lot of weak contact, and that has betrayed him lately. Yeah, so I he, think he, it's I he, think it's just the randomness of the season, though. I mean, he's a man at home. <laughs> well, even like Adam mentioned, he had a bad road ERA yesterday when we were going through the matchups for the upcoming day. And um, I went back and looked at the game log. Four of his previous five road starts were quality starts. And they were against teams like Milwaukee and the Cubs. Like, it, it's not a Yuli Chassin home away split, you know? Mm-hmm. I yeah. think, uh, I, I think, I think his skill set, it's, it's, it's best at Marlins Park, but I don't think it's a problem really anywhere except, you know, okay, most so hitter friendly parks. We have one vote for Dan Straley being a man. Chris? Yep. Uh, he's a man. Mike Clevenger, man or Muppet? <laughs> I love this game, by the way. Of I just, course, I was buying in before, great. and then he goes out and does this. I'll say, I'll say man. I think he's a very manly Muppet. <laughs> because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was awesome. some regression coming. Um, he's had some bad bit luck there. But at the same time, more than a strikeout per inning. Like, I, I yeah. think he's a serviceable option, but he had performed over his head lately. And um, this was some ne- necessary correction. So Dan Straley is a man, and Mike Clevenger is a man for Chris and a very manly Muppet for Scott. John Gray, man or Muppet? Man. <sighs> he's a Muppet of a man. Really? 83% yeah. owed. You'd be okay dropping John Gray, Scott? I, I mean, look, he's got a near six ERA and four of his five starts since returning from the DL have not been very good and two of them were on the road. The worst two were on the road, actually. So where do you, when do you trust him? I phrase it a Muppet of a man because like, 
I still think he has a lot of talent. It wouldn't surprise me if he turned things around and struck out 11 next time out and, oh man, why did I drop him? So I'd, I'd rather not drop him, but I don't have a lot of trust. I don't have a lot of faith in Gray right now, and I could see if I needed a free spot. I could see letting him go. All right, this next guy I think is a total Muppet, and he's given up one earned run and, th- and has a win in three straight starts, but uh, Kenta Maeda, man or Muppet? He's a Muppet. He's a man. What? No, Kenta Maeda is a man? He is not a Muppet. No, because got... um, Muppets have very weak joints. They're made out of cloth. <laughs> they have little sticks moving their joints around. And uh, Kenta Maeda has not thrown more than 92 pitches in a start since May 10th. He's done it twice all season. He has three uh, quality you, starts. Okay, you but they've been go, really good. He, I think he's a very good pitcher, but if three he can't go... Three consecutive, very good five-inning starts. Yeah, if but, he can't go wait, more than this, five innings... This is Bizarro, Scott. This is Bizarro World, Scott. Listen, he can go. Well, they're that, just not, they just haven't let him because they've played this bouncing between the bullpen and the rotation for a while. But he's been in the rotation for a month. I bet next start he goes more than five. Bold wow. prediction. Cause now, they, now it, they need to rely on him. He's done that. Now he's, Kershaw's out for weeks. He's gone more than five innings once since May 10th. So that I would understand. be an a lot of, a lot of that. Yeah, some of those starts were bad. There's been a couple DL stints. There's been bullpen. There's there's been extenuating circumstances that hopefully now don't exist. Hopefully. So I like the skill set. Uh, and and look, I I hope I'm not approaching this as every Muppet is behind every man. You know, it's it's not quite that. There's there's cut. a man behind every Muppet. <laughs> I would rather own Clevenger than Maeda, even though. You know, it's but, usually they're under them. Yes. Hmm, so they have to have somewhere Sometimes they're inside of them. I don't know. Is Big Bird a Muppet? Big Bird's a, uh, well. He's from Jim Henson's Is, is everybody in workshop. Sesame Street also Muppets? I don't know. I don't know either. Kermit had crossover for a while there, but I don't think they use them on Sesame Street anymore. I think that's why I got really confused when I was a kid because of the whole Kermit thing. Uh, alright, Jordan Montgomery, man or Muppet? He's a man. I, let me just like the Reds. He's forty. The Reds are <laughs> he's forty. The Reds are terrible right now. They can't hit. Uh, their best hitters are pretty much all slumping except Billy Hamilton, and he was great against uh, against the Reds. Jordan Montgomery yesterday, but his previous seven starts, four ninety seven ERA and more than a hit per inning. A lot of swinging strikes though. That's always been consistent. So is Montgomery a man or a muppet? Chris says man. Scott says he's a man. Charlie Morton, man or muppet? He's a man as long as they let him pitch in the rotation. It's, it's, the the Astros are going to have a very difficult decision coming up soon because they really like Colin McHugh. Brad Peacock and Charlie Morton have been ex- really good. I think Charlie Morton's skill set's a little more sustainable than Brad Peacock, but Brad Peacock's been better. Yeah, I listened to, and this was maybe two weeks ago now, and actually, he doesn't always record them live, so I don't really know when exactly it was recorded. But I listened to Jeff uh, Luno, the ma- the the um, the Astros general manager podcast with Jonah Carey recently, and um, he talked about Brad Peacock in a way that suggested he fully anticipated Peacock adding to their bullpen depth later on. And then Brad Peacock's been unhittable. 
for the yes. last couple of weeks. And he was, but he was great out of the bullpen yeah. even before he was in the rotation. And they obviously rehab rehabilitated Colin McHugh to start. I don't think he's going to be out. Fires has been lights out lately. Morton, they seem to like a lot. I think, I, I, I just, I think Peacock's out. Like, I think it's better than a 50-50 chance. Peacock's the one out. And so Morton, to me, is a man. Okay. By the way, I'm glad you mentioned the Jonah Carey podcast. We have awesome podcasts right now on CBSSports.com. Uh, I think you should really start considering us as your sports podcast hub, okay? We've got a new college football podcast that is rocking. 24-7 sports college football podcast. We just launched the Pick 6 podcast, which is our new NFL podcast. We've brought the Jonah Carey podcast over to our network. Jonah has Ozzie Smith today. Last week, Jeff Lunau. This week, Ozzie Smith. Heard of him? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Jonah Carey's podcast is great, honestly. I, I listened to it before it was... CBS's just very the quality has very gone thoughtful up. the quality, so much the quality up, has yeah. gone up the sound quality has gone up and I'm not even kidding about that either professional <laughs> standard oh the sound of those quality older ones the sound was kind of sketchy the sound quality is actually going to get a lot better you can bank even on that so, okay um yeah and we've got uh we've got a wrestling podcast in this corner so just you know what go to cbssports.com slash podcast singular also, go to podcastawards.com and please nominate. I'm going to ask you to nominate fantasy football today, but you can nominate fantasy baseball today. Uh, podcastawards.com. All right, guys, let's go a little bit faster here. Carlos Rodon, man or Muppet? He's a Muppet of a man. Yeah, I think he's he's more Muppet than man at this point. Does that mean he's but, droppable, Rodon? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would want to hang on to him because I'm always chasing upside with starting pitchers. So, like, if I'm looking at him or Dan Straley, Dan Straley is going to be more helpful in the near term. But there's a chance Carlos Rodon goes on an incredible run to close out the yeah. season. The talent level so high. I mean, the thing, the same thing I said about Gray, I could yeah. say to Rodon, about Rodon, just to an even higher power. I feel like it's been even worse, but the upside may be even higher. And I'd be less likely to drop him than Gray, but I will say if Rodon pitched at, at half his game to Coors and John Gray pitched half his games at guaranteed, guaranteed rate, rate. Field, mm-hmm. I would like John Gray more. I think he's a more talented pitcher, but right Next. Rodon has that going for him. Give me a Muppet on this guy, John Lackey. He's a jerk. <laughs> he's a Muppet. Because he hit four batters yesterday? He hit three in a row. He's a Muppet. Yeah, he's a Muppet. 73% owned. Mike Fulton-Nevich, 295 ERA in his last seven starts, 46 strikeouts in 42 and two-thirds. It's a pretty high whip, though, in that stretch. Fulton-Nevich is 73% owned. Maybe getting a little bit better, though. Man or Muppet, Fulty. He's a very manly Muppet. I mean, it's it's hard for me to just call him a straight Muppet when he throws a 99. And I will also point out, like, I've, been criticizing him all year for not many swinging strikes despite the velocity despite the occasional high strikeout start and this was obviously one of those nine strikeouts in six innings i think he only had 12 swinging strikes so you know the same same deal like you'd expect more than that in a nine strikeout effort well especially because he threw 119 pitches for some reason but this makes it now like if if these high strikeout efforts are fluky there have been an awful lot of flukes this was his um, 
fifth start with eight strikeouts or more. I think there was only one that had only eight. The rest were like nine, 10, 11, five of them this year. And he's nearly a strikeout per inning now. Well, that's, that's probably overstating it. I think he's around eight per nine now. So the strikeout rate seems to be going up. I, I, I feel like, I feel like his, he's, I feel like his ERA still may be a little lower than it should, but I'm starting to come around very slowly. On Fultonevich, would you drop John Gray or Carlos Rodon for Mike Fultonevich? No, not me. I wouldn't either. Really? I mean, he, yeah. I, like, here's the thing. I, if you need to win now, you could chase upside all you want, but it's week 17. I can't start Carlos Rodon. He's been an absolute disaster. So I'm definitely prioritizing. If I'm in first place, I'll prioritize Rodon. I get that. If I'm in fifth place, need a win, I got to put Fulty in there. My thing, uh, a big thing for me, and he's kind of turning it around a little bit, but I just he feels very like 2013 Andrew Kashner to me, where it's like, man, he throws so hard. Shouldn't he be getting a ton of strikeouts? And he has been lately, but it's not backed up by a great swing strike rate. And so I just. At some point, you have to look at the results and not the radar gun. And I think he, I am looking just an, I am an looking okay at the strikeout pitch. Uh, all right, he's a, yeah. well. I am looking at the results. I mean, he's, he's getting I was better. Kind of making the he's getting better. Look at the results instead of the peripherals with the five starts with eight strikeouts or more. Yeah, and and for what it's worth, his manager Brian Snitger, I think that's the first time I've said that guy's name on the show, is, says he's gaining confidence, and he left him in there. That's why he threw 119 pitches. He left him in there to finish that inning. He threw a 99 mile per hour fastball on his 119th pitch. Um, all right, that's Fulton Nevich. Uh, who's a man? Luis Castillo, Zach Davies, Seth Lugo. Luis Castillo's a man, definitely. This wasn't his. This was probably his worst start. Yeah. Only two swinging strikes, only two strikeouts. That's a big change for him. But he's been, he's just been so impressive. He's and, a man. And I mean, this was probably his easiest matchup at the Yankees. So what does and that tell you? Things get much easier moving forward. Yeah. He's um, really only got one tough matchup in his next five. You can't take credit for that. You know, that took me a lot of research, Chris. Oh just, yeah, no, I, I looked up, uh, the schedule. I found this all not. on my own. He's at Miami, <laughs> St. Louis, San Diego, at Chicago, at Atlanta. Uh, please give me all the credit yeah. for this information. That's all me. Uh, yeah, so next five stars. If they stay, look, things could change, but if yeah. he pitches every fifth game, it's at Miami, Cardinals at home, Padres at home, at the Cubs, at Atlanta for Castillo. I'm who's starting 73%. him in four of those five starts for sure. I, but but at some point, like he really does have to put together a, a good start because there haven't been too many of them. He, it's like we like what he's doing, but let's let's get a little reward for it. Only two quality starts and seven starts for Castillo. But I hear what you guys are saying. Davies and Lugo are Muppets. Davies is the Muppetest Muppet of all, and Seth Lugo is a Muppety man. And Buffalo Wild Wings is really an awesome place to go, especially during sports season, because whoever invented summer was obviously a sports fan. They didn't even try to hide it. They gave it playoff hockey, playoff basketball, the opening of both soccer and baseball. It's a clear display of favoritism, and the other seasons didn't stand a chance. With three months of clutch playoff drama and the awakening of new seasons, it's clearly the work of a sports fan. They might as well have called it sports season. In fact, at Buffalo Wild Wings, they do call it sports season. Don't ever call it summer. It's sports season. They're just waiting on the legal change. Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings, Beer, Sports. Uh, 35 minutes into the show, here's some news for you. Steven Strasburg may be able to start this week. Adam Wainwright's on the DL with back tightness. 
Yoannis Cespedes is left with quad tightness. It doesn't seem serious, but, you know, that's a lingering thing. Ian Desmond left with a calf injury. Mark Reynolds replaced him. That, so if Desmond goes on the DL, that helps Reynolds. That helps Para big time. Um, and I keep talking about Rajay Davis because I think, you know, people need steals, and he had been stealing. So it looked like he was only going to play against lefties, but Jacob Brugman was scratched yesterday, and Rajay Davis was in the lineup. We'll keep an eye on that. Most important thing, though, is Rajay Davis corrected, auto-corrected in my phone to Raisins Davis. It knows. It knows. Um, it knows. Rajay Davis is bad now. Okay, get out of here with that crap. Odubo Herrera was benched for lollygagging. That's my word, not Pete McCannon's. Bench the sun for being too bright. (laughs) He bat flipped on a fly out. It was a fly out to the wall, but it was he bat flips everything. There was a (laughs) there was a moment in last week's Marlins Phillies game where he walked and bat flipped, (laughs) but bat flipped towards the wrong dugout. And you can see as soon as he lets it go, he's like, "Ah, oh, crap, the Marlins are going to be mad at this. He bat flipped on a walk? Yeah. But he also didn't run uh, a play out. So, they, you know, they, they get frustrated with, with Odubel Herrera. Alex Bregman left with hamstring discomfort. We talked about that. All right, let's finish up the rest of the show by talking about a lot more from yesterday. This is actually an action-packed show. I hope you have some time left, people, because we are going to rock your world. Hey, real quick, Gary Sanchez or Wilson Contreras? Gary Sanchez. Yes, sir. Wilson Contreras or anyone not named Posey or Sanchez? Uh, Salvador Perez is certainly in the discussion. He, at least going into yesterday, was the number one catcher, uh, at least in points leagues. I happened to look at that yesterday. So, um, I'll, I'm going to keep Salvador ahead of him for now, but that's a close call between those two. Okay. Uh, Who is averaging more head-to-head points per game? Gary Sanchez or Buster Posey? I think Sanchez by yeah. At least at the All Star break, it was Sanchez by a considerable margin. I don't know how Sanchez has done lately. Terribly That's changed that very poorly. Yeah, and Posey. So uh, it, it it is still Sanchez, but it's very close. Sanchez get that out that quickly. What'd you say? Oh, you just I had it. I had it. Okay, in the bank, ready to go. Chris was going to take credit for it, but it was yeah. It was uh, Gary mine. Sanchez has more fantasy. <laughs> I did all this math just now. All right, who? Hey, real quick, Whit Merrifield or W uh, W Hit Merrifield or Ian Kinsler or Chris Taylor? I'm gonna go with Whit Merrifield. I was talking about this before the show. I was talking about this with Heath. No, I think Whit Merrifield's just a better player than Chris Taylor. I know, like, like we've had this like huge Chris Taylor moment, and like I think Whit Merrifield's just been better. No, well, he hasn't, he has not been, discussion. sorry Scott, uh, he has not been better technically. He, he has, so since, um, June 2nd, May 2nd, Whit Merrifield became the everyday second baseman for yeah. the Royals, uh, Heath gave me this stat. He's the number seven second baseman in points in Roto. I am almost 100% positive that Chris Taylor is, has been better, and I think Chris Taylor is like number two. So I'm not but, saying he isn't better. I'm just saying he hasn't been better than Chris but Taylor. What Merrifield's done appears to be far more sustainable than what Taylor's done, and I don't think Taylor's worthless. Uh, I'm, I've moved beyond that with him. It's just Whit Merrifield. You know his BABIP is. It just comes where down to this: Whit Merrifield has a 308 BABIP. Chris Taylor has a 426 BABIP. Yeah, exactly. And like Whit Merrifield is, there's like just enough power and just enough speed. He wouldn't be, if he just had one of those, he wouldn't matter in fantasy, but he has just enough of both. You know, I think it's a 27 steal, 18 homer pace now. 
That's good. Uh, I mean, 18 homers even for a second baseman is just okay these days. Yeah. But you but look the at, steals. Yeah. The steals. And, and those are harder to come by anyway. But even in points leagues, you know, two points each, that's, it's just Kinsler. I don't know. I still have a lot of faith in Kinsler. What concerned me about Kinsler coming into the year, the escalating strikeout rate, the increased number of swings and misses, has actually normalized this year. So it doesn't appear to me that it's an age thing. And I feel like he's going to come around. I still rank him ahead of Merrifield. Obviously, Merrifield's the more attractive start right now. Okay. So, and, and ahead of Taylor, for that matter, Kinsler? Yes. Now, last 10 games for Kinsler, he is batting 298. He has not homered, but five walks, four strikeouts, four doubles, and two triples in 10 games. So he's hot. They're all hot. Uh, but hot-ish. for Kinsler, it's been, yeah, it's been hot-ish and it's been, uh, much shorter. And we have actually a hey real quick email, if I could find it. Upton, Justin Upton or Ryan Braun, rest of season. This is from Ben. Upton or Braun? Braun. It would be a lot easier to say Braun if he wasn't gonna sit out long stretches, but yeah, I would go with Braun still. Alright, some quick hitting notes. Chris Owings snapped an 0 for 23 skid. Nomar Mazara snapped an 0 for 26 skid. And not only are fantasy owners incorrect for owning Nomar Mazara in so many leagues, but Jeff Bannister is incorrect for consistently hitting Nomar Mazara third against righties. It is, uh, it is bad. It is not smart. Don't do it. Chris Taylor is 23 for 44 since the All-Star break. 656, Babip. Jonathan VR sat as Eric Sogard led off. Uh, Corey Dickerson and Logan Morrison sat against the lefty. Both are slumping. I don't think we can expect that every time, but they're slumping. And Matt Kemp homered, hashtag reverse jinx from yesterday. So since we <laughs> reverse jinxed Matt Kemp, let's see if we can reverse jinx these suckers. Uh, are these players droppable? Evan Longoria is 96% owned, and somehow he is the number 10 third baseman in points leagues and number 13 in roto. Much worse over his last 28 days when he actually has a 322 batting average, but almost nothing to go with it. But he's not even in the top 20 in the last 28 days. Longoria, to me, I don't get how he's been 10th in points and 13th in roto. Uh, 96% owned. Feels replaceable to me. Is he, is he droppable in your mind, Longoria? Yeah, he's probably one of those cases uh, that Chris has been talking about a lot lately where he ends up that high just because he doesn't hasn't missed time. Yeah. And he's not really on a day-to-day basis a top 12 third baseman. Like I don't have a problem particularly in a corner outfield league. I don't have a problem starting him either. But he's I think he's probably like 17th or 18th in my third yeah. base rankings. He's on pace for like 170 combined RBI and runs, which is just, who cares? <laughs> 25 home runs. Like, he's very replaceable. Avisal Garcia, 88% owned. Yep. Yeah, even more so. Scott Shebler, 71% owned. I like Scott Shebler more than I like Avisal Garcia. I do too, but I, I think he is also replaceable. And Ryan Healy, 75% owned. He has been brutal in his last 28 days. 203 batting average, one homer. Yeah, they're like, he, I think he and Longoria are much more similar than the name rec- uh, name recognition yeah. would have you believe. I prefer Longoria, but I'll, you know, what I said about Longoria applies for Healy too. Like, 
you could do a lot worse, but you could do better too in mixed leagues. Gotcha. Worryometer Wednesday. Finally. Alright, I've got five pitchers on the worryometer. They are Hamels, Faria, Pomeranz, Barrios, and Tyone. Zero to ten. How worried are you about Cole Hamels? More like whole camels. Right? So many camels. <laughs> I didn't even start him in a one start week against the Marlins. I can't, I'm there with, with Hamels. I mean, this wasn't a bad start though, right? Uh, no, it wasn't. I mean, it was bad whip, bad ERA, yeah. five strikeouts yeah. actually wasn't that good. Yeah, I mean, there are some underlying concerns there for Hamels, but the walk issue's been corrected since coming off the DL, and every start but one has been good, right? The one was terrible, but... He's had two bad starts since coming off the DL. Okay, he came off the DL starts. June 26th. His first start was bad. He's had like, three good starts, two bad starts, one blast start. Should we expect him to be the Hamels we remember? Probably not, but... He's probably top 40. Start yeah. more often than not. But right. not top 30. J- Why is Jacob uh, Faria on the worryometer? Because he has uh, 15 strikeouts to 12 walks in his last 25 innings. Jacob Faria, 0 to 10. 2. Swing strike rate still pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. I- I'm not that concerned about it. Yeah, this stretch, his swinging strike. Totals start by start have been like Mike Fultonevich's best swinging strike starts <laughs> of the season. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, do we care at all about strikes looking? Do you guys ever look at that metric? Yes. Yeah. There are some players who are really good at getting looking strikes, called strikes. Uh, Rick Porcello over the last couple of years has been a great example. Aaron Nola. And that's its own version of deception. That's, Getting guys to not swing at pitches that they should swing at. That's, that's its own version mm-hmm. of deception. It's not as viscerally interesting or exciting as a big swinging strike, but. It has the potential to be more misleading too. Yeah, and I think it's harder to put at bats away when you don't get swinging strikes. I think that's where it comes in. It's like a swing strike and a called strike are the same on the first two, but it's that third strike where you can get you can get a little too hittable if you rely on called strikes. Okie dokie. Next up on the worryometer, Drew Pomerantz, who has a three about a three ERA over his last two months. Why is Drew Pomerantz on the worryometer? Three of his last four starts, four or more walks issued by Drew Pomerantz. Uh and only one start of seven innings this year. So worryometer on Drew Pomerantz. You know what I think, Adam? I think you're a worry wart. <laughs> You're concocting reasons to worry about pitchers. I dropped Drew Pomeranz in a 10-team league where I already had Jacob Furia and Luis Castillo. I dropped Drew Pomeranz. He was picked up immediately, and that makes perfect sense, and I didn't love dropping him. Mm-hmm. But I I think he's good but not great. I like Furia more. I like Castillo less. But I could understand dropping Pomeranz for Castillo. I... I don't really have major concerns about Pomeranz, but I do think there's a limit to his upside. There's walk issues. There's innings issues. So, you know, in a shallower league, I could understand him being kind of fringy. Jose Barrios. In July, he has a 579 ERA, eight walks, 18 strikeouts, and 23 and a third, and another bad start yesterday. Predictably, I think, at the Dodgers, they crush everyone. They have Chris Taylor. Jose Barrios, worryometer. 
the swinging strike rate has gone way down for him. Only 8% in the month of July, only one start with more than 10. And that was only 11, so that's not exactly great. Um, I'm a little worried, but he's shown so much this season that I think it's probably just a natural rough stretch that he'll get through. Were we supposed to be assigning numbers to these? Yes. I don't think yes. done that. Guys have done I a said a two job. for one of them. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll say a three for Barrios. I'm a little more worried about him than I am about Jacob Faria, but I'm not dropping either one. I'll go four. How do you like that? There you go. I don't like it that much. Yeah. <laughs> Feels would you, disrespectful. Would you rather have Barrios or Hamels the rest of the season? Barrios. Hamels. And finally on the worryometer, Jamison Tyone. So, by the way, my bold prediction yesterday was that Yolisha Seen would be a top five starting pitcher yesterday. And he had uh, one of the best ERAs and whips because uh, he didn't pitch, got pushed back to today. But he certainly was better than Jamison Tyone, who was awful at the Giants. Yeah. And, uh yeah, worst starter of the day for sure, Jamison Tyone, I think anyway. Worryometer. He has only gone more than six. He's only gone more than five. Worryometer. Five, four, five. Okay. Now you yeah, can. We each went up one from Barrios. Now you can discuss. Yeah, uh, yeah Chris. He has a really high BABIP. Like, I feel like he's had some bad luck this year. He's got a 350. He had a 350 BABIP before last night. Yeah. And he has a 362 overall. Strikeout rate's been actually better than I expected. Yeah. Well, so I still think there's worse. a lot to like about Tyone. The innings are an issue. Um, yeah, he's but, only pitched into the, past the sixth inning. He's only finished the sixth inning twice since coming back from the DL. Yeah. Now, who are your two favorites from that list? Hamels, Faria, Pomeranz, Barrios, Tyone. Hamels and Barrios with Faria closing in. Tyone and Barrios. Oh. Chris loves them. I'm the Tyone guy. You are. I didn't know this. How many something new. How many leagues? Something new. Oh, you know that. You knew that. How many leagues do you Tyone him in? Not that many. Hmm. I think only one. Mm, well, then you and I are in a tie in how many leagues we own him in. Uh, just killing it right now. We should call this the tie-own podcast when it's just you two. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we have a lot to get to and not that much time, so light speed's too, too slow. Prepare the ship for ludicrous speed. Joey Gallo and Kurt Suzuki double-dong. Do you care? I do not. Maybe in two catcher leagues. Suzuki has six home runs this month. Yeah. Joey Gallo, the only player in Major League history with an OPS over 850 and a batting average under 200. Four-man rotation. Do you have anything insightful to say about Madison Bumgarner, Lance Lynn, Taiwan Walker, or Felix Hernandez? I still want so badly to trade Taiwan Walker. Yep. He had four swinging strikes last night. Look what happened to Felix Hernandez. Are we still all aboard the Felix Hernandez's back train? Yes. Are you? Fu- well, not back. No. Well, that's what Heath was saying. He's I not mean, King Felix anymore. He's like the the Bishop Felix, the, the Duke of the Principality of Felix, or something. This wasn't that mm-hmm. bad of a start until the fifth inning. It all came on unra- sixth inning. It all came unraveled. He had only given up one run through five. And actually, I mean, the final line is almost exactly the same as Cole Hamill's. So, like, it's not, it's not that it? bad. Four and runs in five? Four and runs, four oh, runs in five. One and, extra out. Four and runs in five and two thirds. Whereas Hamill's had four and runs in six innings. Like, Felix okay. has a 367 ERA, uh, since coming back from the DL in late June. I, I think, I think that's probably who he is. And that's, 
what that's was the a ERA? useful player. What? what was the ERA? Three sixty-seven. Over. Yeah. Like with that's eight. Trevor Cahill's ERA for the season. Questionable strikeouts and questionable no, strikeout per inning. I don't think he's strikeout per inning. No, he I, is. Well, he literally actually more. <laughs> I no, don't, okay, not on I the don't year. think he will be. Uh, yeah, on the year he's just under strikeout per inning. Um, hmm, hmm. Don't worry about Bradley Zimmer. Since being called up, he is not even a top 40 outfielder. Yeah. Actually, that's, yeah, it's since he started playing a little bit more on June 1st, so about two full months, not a top 40 outfielder. Todd Frazier's first at bat as a Yankee in Yankee Stadium was a run scoring triple play. That was crazy. That was amazing. Yeah, that was Didi's fault. Um, but Didi's the best. He homered. Zach Cozart has a sore quad. If Cozart's out, that will free up some playing time for Jose Peraza. Miguel Sano day to day with a hand issue. He pinch hit yesterday. Jason Kipnis could begin a rehab assignment this weekend. Adrian Gonzalez could be back in two weeks. So, yeah, who gets hurt here? Do they just move Chris Taylor to second base? And you know who I think gets hurt? Adrian Gonzalez. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like you literally think he gets hurt again? <laughs> no, I I think because I would bet on player. that. I At think he comes off the bench unless yeah. somebody else gets hurt between now and then. Kevin Kiermeyer could be back August 9th. That's what he's eligible. And I think you know, a lot of people have been relying on Ale- uh, Malik Smith. So yep. see what happens there. Uh, Salvador Perez left with rib discomfort, but he expects to play today. Looking at today's matchups. All right, here we go. Real quick. Abaldo Jimenez, Alex Cobb. Cobb. Yeah, I'll start Cobb, but I don't love it. Homer Bailey, Luis Severino. That's easy. Yep. Sever. Aaron Blair is pitching today. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's, uh, at least for this turn, he's the one replacing Jaime Garcia. I will start Patrick Corbin in that game. Yes, me too. Red Sox Mariners, Chris Sale, Andrew Moore. I will not start Andrew Moore. Trevor Williams and Jeff Samarja. Jeff Samarja, man. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, I, yeah, I I'll do it because it's at home, but I, it's annoying. Just like figure it out. We will start Mike Fires at the Phillies. This is a, this is a tough one, I think. No, it's not. Aaron Nola. He's been too good to sit. Yep. All right. It's just the Astros, that's both. all. Jimmy Nelson okay. and Gio Gonzalez. I'll start both. Start both. Paul Blackburn and Marco Estrada. Neither. Yep. Neither, right? That's what you said? Correct. Okay. Right. Ricky Nolasco, Carlos Carrasco. Ricky Nolasco, ooh, Asco. Nick, Ricky Nolasco versus Cookie, Carlos Carrasco. Cookie! <laughs> uh, Ian Kennedy, Edibal Sanchez. I will start, uh, neither. I'll start Kennedy. Jose Urena, you Darvish. I well, obviously you. Not Urania. Jake Arrieta start, James Shields sit. Jeff Hoffman, Carlos Martinez. I'll start Jeff Hoffman. Uh, he hasn't been so great even on the road lately, but I'll, I'll give him another chance and, and obviously Carmart starts. Do you trust Steven Matz or Yolisha Seen tonight? In San I will Diego. trust both of them. Yeah. And Petco. I don't yeah. feel super great about Steven Matz, but yeah, I'll start him. Sure. Irvin Santana and Brock Stewart. Brock Stewart, what the heck? Why does there always have to be... Why can't the Dodgers just be straightforward with their pitching staff? It should be so easy now that Kershaw is hurt. It's so true. Ugh. 
I will start Santana. I mean, Brock Stewart's kind of cool, but I mean, his name's Brock. It's a good name. Got I'm interested names. in seeing what he does, but you can't start him. All right, Jeff Hoffman, by the way, has a 2.45 ERA on the road. So at St. Louis, that that should be a a fun one. I don't know why I said fun. Probably not that fun. This is from. By the way, it's kind of interesting. So last night, the Cardinals and Rockies played a three-two game. The score was three to two. They experimented with cutting down the commercial breaks by, I believe, 30 full seconds. That is a ton mm-hmm. of time off the clock. The game was like yeah. three hours and 11 minutes. It was six minutes longer than the average baseball game this year. A three to two mm-hmm. game with shortened commercials was three hours and 11 minutes. This there, is there a have, problem. Yeah. I don't think there were a ton of pitching changes either because Rosenthal worked two innings. Yeah, the issue, the commercial breaks are an issue, but I, the, I really think the biggest issue is just the time between pitches. Yeah. Like it's gone up like three seconds league wide this year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. That really adds up. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of pitches. All right. L Dubs has an email and he, this is a very complimentary email. You guys rock. I'm in first place, up 26.5 points in a Roto League. Your advice and banter is a vital part of my success. Adam, raisins are not that great. Dried apricots are the best dried fruit. Scott, Twitter is stupid. Do not pay attention to that ish. You are a great analyst. Heath and Chris, your stat analysis is insanely good. Hashtag wings, beer, sports stats. On to football. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I love dried apricots. The the league-wide pace has gone up one second. Between pitches, but that's still a lot. Dried apricots are good at them. Were you just They're great. Why are we uh, no, eating I love dried fruit? I love are we are we ninety years old? Do we not have teeth? Come on, guys. Get out of town, Chris. Get out of town. Worst take ever. It's disgusting. Lou in Connecticut. Oh, uh, what are the chances Honeywell gets called up soon? Uh yeah, we talked about that. But if he does, yes, you can drop Jared Eikoff. Yeah. Sure. This is Jason from Massachusetts. Hey, Carl, Jim, and the Gator. Uh, I have no idea. Sounds like a morning show. Either. Yeah, right? Carl, Jim, and the Gator. Uh, yeah. It could be like a drive-time talk show thing. Yeah, it does sound like that. I have been yeah, holding on to Jonathan Lucroy. Do I drop him for Gaddis? Yeah. <sighs> um, let's see what happens at the trade deadline. Let's hold that a little you gotta longer. Make, no, you got to make that decision now. Your best friend just called you and said, in five minutes, I'm going to pick up Evan Gaddis in our league. What are you going to do? Can't you drop if, someone else? If I had that kind of forewarning, <laughs> I guess I'd probably do it. But that's a weird scenario. Uh, who would you rather have? This is from Dan in Massachusetts. Kennedy or Velasquez, rest of season? Uh, I would rather have... Muppets. Kennedy. I I don't think this is a rest of season question. Rest uh, of time? I, I, just, <laughs> I don't think necessarily either one of them is going to be worth owning rest of season, so... Kennedy's. I'll gamble on Vince Velasquez figuring something out, and if he doesn't in the next couple of starts, I'll drop him. I think both of them can be replaced. All right, Josh has a trade. It's kind of interesting. I didn't realize this coincidence. We earlier said that you could trade Severino and Addison Reed for Darvish. Would you trade Severino and Tommy Pham for Darvish? No. Ooh. That's, that's I think, the difference between Severino and Darvish is not Addison Reed. I think it is Tommy Pham. I would, I think I'd do it in most cases. Consolidate for the better player. General rule is yes, you want to do that. It would depend on what outfielders I, like if Fam, if I already had a great outfield and just picked up Fam a couple weeks ago, and like he's some spare part for me, he doesn't 
deserve to be a spare part in any league. Uh, and this would be a good way to take advantage of that. I just... I am not sure you, Darvish, is the better player. All right, we got to go. Bye, everyone. <laughs>